0: Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust is a very unique story. Steve Saka, who blends Dunbarton, who is Dunbarton, well, he was the guy who blended Drew Estate. And Drew Estate, for me, uh, that, that, that feral flying pig is still in my top five, just maybe the best constructed cigar, the best all-around smoke I, I, I may have ever had. I love that smoke. So when he was going on his own and doing these things, I wanted to know what he was going to do. And it turns out that Steve Saka does everything. It's nuts. It's Eat, Drink, Smoke. I'm Tony Katz, and that right there is America's favorite amateur drinker. Fingers Malloy. We couldn't decide what to smoke because there's a lot of things from Dunbarton Tobacco in trust. Me, I'm a huge fan of the Sin Compromiso and the Paladin. Uh, but we happen to have one of the red meat lovers, and we happen to have one of the Mi Querida, Q-U-E-R-I-D-A, Papa Sockers. And so we're like... This will do. We'll smoke something different. What's fascinating here is that the Red Meat Lovers is a Connecticut Broadleaf wrapper. And the Mi Querida Papasaca is a Connecticut (laughs) Broadleaf wrapper. And on the Red Meat Lovers, it is a Mexican San Andreas binder. And on the Mi Querida Papasaca, it's a Mexican San Andreas binder. The difference
1: is in the filler, and in that difference, comes everything fingers. I feel like just you being able to get through that flawlessly, I smell a Marconi award. Mi querida. I have never right. been able to pronounce it correctly. I, I never
0: do. It translates out to my dearest mm. is what it does. And then there's the mi querida. Uh, ke, ke, wait, querida. I got it right the first time. The tricky chaka. Yeah. It's, it, there's a whole series of things, and some of them are really, really spicy. This papasaka is not. L- let me try mine out. Right.
1: Red Meat Lovers.
0: There's a reason why you're you and I'm me. <laughs> the Red Meat Lovers is kind of fascinating because it started out as like a cigar for like a single shop. I think it started as a cigar for the guys that smoke in. And then it, it kind of blew up to be a nationwide release. And he created it to be able to be something that'll go with a steak. Mm-hmm. right? The idea of, of a steak and cigars, that kind of night. That's why he built it. You are smoking... Uh, right there, fingers Malloy. Um, the uh, what is that? That's the six by fifty-six. Right there, I believe what it is fifty-two. Meaning, is the six by fifty-two? I believe so. I thought it was a six by fifty-six. Nope, you're right, I'm wrong. Six inches long, Tee-hee. always makes fingers move when I laugh. And 52 is the ring gauge, the diameter of the cigar or how thick it is around. Tee-hee. Again, with the laughter. A 64 ring gauge would be a full one inch around. Now, this is actually like a quasi box press. Yes. If, 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 I, if I see it right. When I say quasi, it's just, it's not a, a, like a real hard edge, it's actually more oval.
1: Than anything else, am I saying that right? Yeah, you are, and uh, it has a great hand feel. Uh, and it, listen, I wouldn't call this a golf course cigar, but I always like to have a, a, a box press when I'm on the golf course. Uh, it's a little more user friendly. You don't have to worry about it rolling. This may roll in the breeze, uh, but I have to confess, Tony, I've had a couple of these, and uh, I've I really like this cigar. I like the flavor profile. You get uh, a creamy sweetness. You get that pepper. You get some. Uh, some wood, uh, but it also it's a good luck stick. I had a couple of these in Las Vegas. Had some luck in Las Vegas at the Premium Cigar Association trade show, and uh, you know it's football season, Tony. That it is opening weekend going on right now. I am
0: smoking what uh, is known as the Black papasaka five and five eighths inches long. Tee-hee. Again, fingers Malloy, and a ring gauge of forty-eight. Go ahead.
1: Oh, we're well, well, oh, changing things up. I have to do well, it. Well, you, you were gonna. It's
0: the diameter <laughs> of the cigar or how thick it is around. <laughs> You're an idiot. Um, this is on the smaller end of where I, I like to be. Don't get me wrong. I like a good Lancero. Um, it's five and five eighths. So I don't know if people would call this a a Toro, really. Right? Five and three quarter inches. I think you got to be six inches to be more into that Toro size. Is how I would describe it. But what it is, it is just... It, it, this cigar, I wish was a little heavier, okay. but it's not going to be at a 48 ring right. gauge. That's a smaller ring gauge. But the level of power and smooth power it delivers. This is a full-strength cigar. It's not even a question, but it's delivered so effortlessly. Mm-hmm. That's the part that blows my mind about this stick, the Papasaka. It is an effortless bit of strength that he has constructed here
1: yeah I, I i have not had one of those uh with this red meat lovers the amount of just the, the smoke that comes off of this thing is fantastic I, the, my only regret about this stick is this is a full and this is uh i'm planning on having uh, four or five cigars today uh so i maybe shouldn't have started with this one but i do it for Eat, Drink, Smoke
0: Nation. You are a gentleman, a fine, upstanding young man. By the way, that is the 6x52, and it's known as the ribeye, the red meat lovers by Dunbarton, (laughs) ribeye, uh, 6x52. Um, It's interesting, and and as you smoke these both, not necessarily one right after the other, give yourself some time, the little differences, the little things like, for example, the filler in the... the, um, in the red meat lovers, uh, has not only some Nicaraguan but some Pennsylvania,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? In, in that the the filler in the in the papa Soca is Nicaraguan, Honduran, and Dominican. So, it, it, how you finish up on that spice note? How you're going? How you maybe anti- uh, anticipate some of those Mexican San Andreas flavors, the sweeter flavors, and how they'll get tempered or kind of expanded? Really taking a lot of the same thoughts and saying, where 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 should these things diverge? And I, I don't know if that came from him, saying, what really is going to pair better with a steak? What really is going to give you a full-bodied experience? But there's no doubt that the Papasaka, the Mi Kerita, papa saka is a full-body experience, but at that 48 ring gauge, it, it, it's, it's not that it's so intense, and it's not so overwhelming. It just, it really works. The
1: size really works for the smoke. Well, I wondered if the the uh, flavor would be a little bit more intense because of it being the 48. Get a little bit more flavor from the wrapper. I
0: I can feel a a, a tight, a a, a light bit of spice on the tongue. There's some seriously good cocoa that happens. There is a... There is a... It's going to sound stupid. Hold on a second. I'm going in.
1: He's going in, ladies and gentlemen. He's doing what we like to call the Saginaw Swish.
0: No, no, no. no. It's the Providence Puff <laughs> is is what it is right there. Um,
1: and in honor of New Hampshire, we'll call it the Manchester
0: Munch. There it is. I believe. There, You know, it, 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 it's funny because you can argue that because of the Connecticut Broadleaf it is such a glorious full tobacco there's almost a bit of a meat thing that goes on mm-hmm. right off uh, the, the the bat on that and just the whole thing works together beautifully
1: yeah with this uh you know this meat lovers for me it the, the pepper at least you know we just lit this so we're just in the first third the pepper for me for the the red meat lovers really it really sticks it really stays on the palate. And it's something that I could see where you're like, oh, I would really like to have a steak with this or this after a steak. But do you normally if you have a big steak dinner, do you do you enjoy a full cigar? Yes. You do. Ask me if I enjoy a medium cigar. Do you enjoy yes. a medium cigar? Ask me if I enjoy a mild cigar. I,
0: I yes. no, I don't
1: want to play this game anymore. That's- <laughs>
0: Did you know the answer? <laughs> uh, we'll get into uh, whether or not these are in our humidor, our price points, and things like that. But we did sit down with Steve Sacco. We want to bring those interviews uh, to you. Um, oh, dear Lord, there's an economic conversation we need to have, and that is all coming up. So there are very few guys as honest, I think, in the cigar world as Steve Sacco, Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust, except for, of course, Fingers Malloy. That's me, Tony Katz, and this is Eat, Drink, Smoke. Find everything at eatrinksmokeshow.com. And when we spoke with Steve, we'd catch up with Steve once a year in Vegas and I I, I would catch up with him more. He's a but he's a busy guy and he's got this he has this really kind of fascinating cult following. It's it's half like real respect and half total freak show. And he's really well cultivated. He, more than anybody I know, has done very well in the social media world. Really Facebook. In cultivating and building an audience.
1: Yeah, it's fascinating watching him at the Premium Cigar Association because he, he's he got his chair, right. and he sits and he's just holding court, and it, it, he sits back, and it just feels like, come here, my children. Let me dispense of my wisdom to but no the masses. Selling. Like, he does not sell.
0: When he's there, he's got this big chair. He's a big dude. He sits down. And he's like, all right, tell me when it's over. Tell yeah. me when I can go have dinner. Right? Like, that's what he does. It's it's It, it is a... It, whether it's a cultivated personality, I think it's actually him. He's got the cigars to back it up, yeah. right? That's that's the thing. He's got the cigars to back it up, and that's why we're smoking the red meat lovers and we're smoking the micarita, um, uh, the, the what's known as the papasaca. But when we had the conversation with him, we we're talking about the ideas of success. You know, this marketing, marketing cigars is huge and 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 massive, and his point was that people only see the fun, the glitz and the glamour. It was this really it was like a show business conversation. No one sees the work that goes into it, the actual business of cigars. And that's what we were talking about with Steve Sokka of Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust. That's Steve Saka. It's Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust. Uh, the number of cigars, the growth of it. It's been remarkable, smoking the red meat lovers
2: right now, which is remarkably smooth. Yeah, it's a very smooth Connecticut Broadleaf cigar. Um, and you were just having a conversation about how the, the red meat lovers came to be and, and
0: how it has built over time and, and, and the problems with success.
2: I mean, you, you were just having like this, this stream of consciousness rant, which is everything you do about the problems with success. Well, I mean, here's one of the things that's kind of different about us. I mean, I really like try to make everything special and really high quality. And so I don't like to just slap something on because it'll sell. So whenever I add a project, that's really adding something to my task list. It's not adding it to my task list for the moment. It's basically adding it to my task list every single day. So... As you have these brands like Sincompromiso that have a unique wrapper grown in Mexico exclusively for it or uh Mickey Rita Black with a reprise seed from northern Honduras, it adds another thing that you need to stay on top of, another thing you need to invest time in. And look, money is one thing. Money comes and goes, but time is always your enemy no matter who you are. And because I really I'm so personally vested in everything, I it really it eats up time. So yes is you love being successful, you're blessed to be successful, but it it doesn't get easier, it actually gets harder.
0: How much of success is based on brand connection to the consumer versus the
2: the actual result of the cigar? Well, so initially, packaging matters. Social media, marketing matters. I mean, the first thing you have to do is you have to get someone to try the cigar for them to decide whether they like it or they don't like it. So all of those things are really super critical. But in the end, the product has to stand on its own. The consumer has to smoke it and decide they like it because I I don't make money when I sell a cigar once or even twice, I make money when the retailer buys that brand four or five times a year. And then next year they buy more four or five times a year. So that's what you need to do. And that's why when you look at all the really like great products in the marketplace, if you look at them, There are products that are made very consistent. When you look at a Padron, or you look at Fuente and a Don Carlos, I mean, that's why those brands are where they're at, because the consumer that likes that taste and that flavor profile, they know what they're getting when they buy that box. And and that's a a really difficult thing to do. Uh, Making cigars in a batch, and a snapshot, to make something good in a moment, that's very, very easy. But to try to make something that's consistent year after year after year, that's where the real challenge comes in. And that's where, you know, really the deck is stacked against most small companies, because that's very, very hard to do, because they don't have control of their factories, they don't have control of the tobaccos, they don't have control of so many different things. And it was one of the things that for us, it makes us a lot different. Everything that we do... It adds another layer of complexity, more difficulty, and you're thankful for the growth, but also it's a, it's a bit to wrestle with, you know? But look, that's the that's the challenge. That's why I, I'm in the business.
0: You're 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 in the business because what are the odds that you could sit
2: behind a desk nine to five? No, I can't do that. See, so sometimes yeah. you find the level of water. Yeah, I mean yeah, I mean yeah, I, I can't imagine that I, I, I like I like One of the things, too, that's very unknown about the cigar business is the consumers see the sexy side of it. They see the dinners and they see the fancy ads and all that. That's really not the business. The business is really a working class, dirty, hard business. A lot of time in Ecuador and Nicaragua and Honduras and... It's it's really really hard to which is to why stay it's always
0: amazing to see the number of small companies that open up and you're like, what do you mean they found a, a, a factory to do
2: this? What do you mean they have somebody well, look, like? Where are you finding factories these days? There's, there's factories that are always they're always looking for an outlet for cigars. So if you have some money, you could create a brand if you're willing to give them you know twenty twenty five thousand dollars. They're happy to make you something, but it'll never, you don't have control of it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's what makes it so difficult. And that's why most small companies, they ultimately fail. And the other thing too is, the margins aren't what people think they are. It's really, it's a business of, of, of volume. It's a business of turns. It's, I mean, it's a luxury product, but in the end, it's a commodity. It's something that needs to be consumed and repeated. It's, it's milk, it's eggs. It just happens to be milk and eggs that we really enjoy. But it it is a commodity product.
0: Is this why, to be successful, you have to make so many facings? Mm. Because if you're going to fight that hard for the shelf space, you have to really dominate the shelf?
2: A lot of cases. And look, the big companies, they make the buy-ins very heavy and require the retailers to carry a lot of different things. I mean... Look, just the law of averages. Most consumers, when they walk into a humidor, they don't have a good idea of what's the wheat and what's the chaff. So if you have more boxes on the shelf, just the the law of averages means that they're gonna probably grab something out of your box if you happen to have 80 different products on that shelf. Um, The other thing too is a lot of companies, most cigar brands that get introduced, they don't last long. Let me ask you this, Tony. How many new cigar brands and like real line extensions where it was a Romeo and Julieta and then they made a Romeo and Julieta, whatever, Super Blue, right. right? That they launched last year. How many in an average year do you think are these new product introductions? If you had to guess off the top of your head. I, uh, those kinds of things, yeah. more than 50%. Yeah. Every year we have between 300 to 500 new things introduced into the marketplace. Of that three to 500, last year was 435 if I remember correctly. Of that 435, how many of them can you name off the top of your head? Four. There you go. And I'm in the business. And I don't know if I can name 20. Okay, so it's a very, very challenging thing. Things come and they go so, so quickly.
1: Stay tuned. Much more to come. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke. The Miquelita Papa Saka, the Red Meat Lovers, Dunbarton
0: Tobacco and Trust. Man, I'm a happy guy. It's Eat, Drink, Smoke. I'm Tony Katz, and that right there is Fingers Malloy smoking two different cigars. What's interesting is that they both have this Connecticut broadleaf wrapper. They both have a Mexican San Andreas in the binder. It's in the filler where they diverge, and what you get is a very different feel of cigar. The 6x52 that Fingers is smoking, the 5 and 58 by 48 that I'm smoking right here. Just different cigars, different profiles, different types of draws,
1: But still, just absolutely wonderful thing. Now, I know you really like that stick. That's not usually the ring gauge that you gravitate towards. Is the hand feel okay for you? Um, So, and in a 48, uh, this is as small as I like to go, unless I'm
0: doing a Lancero, right? I'm being purposeful Mm -hmm. about that 38 ring gauge because a Lancero, wrapper to binder filler ratio, you get more wrapper. Wrapper is flavor, and and I uh, adore it. So no, I'm more I'm more in the 50 52s, but 48 is 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 fine. I would love a touch more heft in this cigar, but the, this is a full cigar. Uh, the, the 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 cocoa and spice. There's this wonderful fullness that comes from the broadleaf. I, I couldn't be more happy with with this cigar. And and as you're smoking it, you know you've got your notebook out. What'd you eat today? What'd you drink today? The weather is finally broken. In Indianapolis, Indiana, as we record at Blend Bar Cigar, blendbarcigar.com, they are in uh, the woodlands, they're outside of Houston, they're in Pittsburgh, they're in Indianapolis, blendbarcigar.com. The heat is gone, the cool air started to move in, like, you know, fall is coming soon, you'll be raking the leaves, and you'll need a cigar, um, and, and so you break the cigar up, you know, what is the weather like, what'd you eat today, what'd you drink today, and then your eye right it's in thirds first third second third final third and what are those flavor profiles and then you'll go back to that cigar a couple months later have another one keep writing the notes compare the notes those you, and find the through lines that's really where your palate is for that cigar these two cigars are very similar in their in their composition but still have these differences, including size, the 52 ring gauge versus the 48 ring gauge, the box press that you're dealing with versus uh, the, the, the cut of, of the cigar, both straight cuts on these. We didn't do Vs or punches, and I never would on these cigars. Just wonderful flavor. The question fingers, is it in your humidor? Uh, that red meat lovers, which was really designed to kind of pair with a steak, right? And mm-hmm. it Well, for me, any cigar pairs with a steak, but that was its kind of purpose. Is it in your humidor, and again, 6x52, uh, that's known as the ribeye, uh, at uh, about $14 a stick? Yes. Yeah, it is. I've bad the Red Meat Lovers. Of course it's in my, my humidor. Is the, the Mi carita, the Papa Sokka, the Black Papa Sokka in my uh, humidor for about $15 a stick? Yes, it is. Absolutely it is. Um, so is the Saka Khan which is a much larger Vitola so is the Paladin de Saka so is the moisture de Saka uh, Dunbarton does the work for me love what they do Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust Steve Saka there um, but these two cigars are really interesting because they're so closely related in their composition yet are such very very different smokes Fingers Uh. you're smoking the Red Meat Lovers right now what do you think?
1: yeah uh- that pepper is still there and it, it lingers at the back of the throat. Uh, that creamy kind of sweetness has gone away for me. Uh, I'm getting uh, some wood and uh, it's it's starting to get a little nutty for me. It's, okay. it's, all, it's all very nice. Uh, I have It's been very low maintenance. Uh, and part of the reason why it's low maintenance is I smoke way too darn fast. So. You
0: notice I'm not even telling you not to. You, you be you, Boo Bear. You smoke as you see fit on this one. I'm not going to. I'm not going to mock you for smoking too fast, although you do smoke too fast, and the cigar is going to get too hot, and it's going to change the flavor of the cigar. Yeah. It's going to hurt it. Slow that- down. A puff every 30 seconds, guys. Slow down. It's good for you. It helps you relax. You need help relaxing. I do. You do need help
1: relaxing. That is true.
0: Now, as, as we're recording, because people know we record the show. We don't get to do it live because it plays all over the country in, 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 in different times. We are recording... Just before your Detroit Lions take the field against the Super Bowl champion and sure to crush your Detroit Lions, Kansas City Chiefs, led by the greatest quarterback of all time, Patrick Mahomes.
1: The Lions are, are, are led by Kansas Jerry Kansas City Goff. Chiefs
0: that will destroy your Detroit Lions. Uh, are you Are you wearing the Lions jersey right now? Of course I am. It's not even a Barry Sanders jersey. No. It's not even a Matthew Stafford jersey. No,
1: no. This is a Kevin Jones jersey going back uh, probably 16 years. And uh, I've got several jerseys. And uh, no, I'm not nervous. Listen, I think they can win tonight. Uh, Their offensive line is one of the best in the league. And if you have a great offensive line and you've got a good running game, that offense travels. It's going to be a tough game. If they lose, they don't crown... I'm cleaning my language up. I was going to use a Denny Green quote. They don't crown your butt in week one. So, yes, they do.
0: <laughs> yes, they do. If they didn't crown your butt in week one, what would the people at
1: ESPN do? Yeah, exactly. But it's going to be interesting. You wait to, to see tonight just how much Honolulu Blue is in that stadium. It's going to be a lot of Lions fans there.
0: Honolulu Blue? Is that the
1: color? Honolulu Blue and silver, baby. Forward down the field, a charging team that will Hold do on. It. Is it really Honolulu Blue? Yes. Huh? Learn something new every day? Well, what do you know about that? That's what we do for Eat, Drink, Smoke Nation. It's time, Fingers Malloy, for News of the Week. So New York Mayor Eric Adams had a town hall.
0: Did you see this thing?
1: Did you actually see I it? I didn't see it. But it's I unbelievable. Read, I read reports. People are upset. And uh, he said, uh, I want to quote him directly. I'm going to tell you something, New Yorkers. Never in my life have I had a problem that I didn't see an ending to. I don't see an ending to this talking about the migrant crisis. He said, this issue will destroy New York City. Destroy New York City. It was unbelievable because regardless of your politics,
0: leave that to the side. It was honest. It was the finally, if you live in Texas, you must have looked at that and said, that's what we've been saying.
1: Yeah. That's what we've been saying. You, You have to almost chuckle if you're in Texas saying to yourself, but if you've had nine months of this, when did they start bussing? Whatever it was, yeah. seven, eight,
0: nine months ago. Texas has had decades yeah. uh, of this, and so is Florida, and so is Arizona, and so is parts of California. Um, the argument, the conversation about immigration is, is is not the idea of reform. That what does that mean? How does that go policy wise? It's the recognition that in order for a nation to be a sovereign nation. It is uh, to recognize a border and it is the ability to say we can't do certain things. We cannot afford certain things. We cannot handle certain things. In, 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 I think it was in, in, in the 1990s, the number of backlog cases for uh, INS in terms of hearing people's asylum claims was like 300,000. Now it's two and a half million. It's unreal. You're not going to get... Put your politics to the side. if You have to wait. For 2,499,999 people to have their cases heard before you, you're in the country for five, six, seven years before anybody gets to you. So we're really saying open borders policy. It is not sustainable. And what's happening in New York, with all due respect, you said you were a sanctuary city. You excoriated Texas and other states and, and people politically for saying we have an issue with the
1: border. We have an issue that Republicans and Democrats have not solved. Exactly. And there's no quick fix. No, And that's, that's a, a huge problem because the amount of uh, immigrants that they're, they're, uh, they're housing in hotels in, in New York City, it's overflowing. And again, you just have to think of the, the people in Texas who have dealt with this problem for decades. And it, it's a reminder.
0: Everybody wants to make everything political, or at least they do on cable news, at least they do on social media. That's not the real world. The real world sees this for what it is. Americans have to see this as the issue that it is, and solving it will involve very, very tough and difficult decisions. And not everybody is going to be okay with it. Remember that there are no there are no solutions. There's nothing more than trade offs. Thomas Sowell said that, and he's right. And what Americans I think have to start with is is that we have a nation, and we have laws, and we need to aggressively enforce in order to ensure that we're, we're being safe. And then how do we bring people into the country? Because legal immigration always, always matters to a nation like ours. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke. Just another celebrity in the booze business. It's, it's a, an epidemic. A pandemic. Of celebrities in booze. You look at how much money uh, George Clooney made with tequila. You take a look at what Ryan Reynolds did with uh, Aviator there with gin, and people are like, well, why shouldn't I get in on this train? Tony Castle with Recovery Rye. I did do my own rye whiskey, but I did it for charity. Ah. I, I, I didn't do it for, for brands, but... That doesn't mean the year is over quite yet. Oh, I've said too much. It's Eat, Drink, Smoke. I'm Tony Katz, and that right there is America's favorite amateur drinker, Fingers Molloy. Was that a tease? It was a scoop and a tease, Fingers Malloy. We're, we're working on it. We're working on it. I, I, you got to work your way up to these things, and right now, it's an impossible thing to do. you got to have major dollars. you got to be making solid investments, and yes, a very large celebrity name matters. A name like Steph Curry four-time NBA world champion with the Golden State Warriors, who has come together uh, with uh, Boone County Distilling to create Gentleman's Cut. That's what we are drinking, Gentleman's Cut, five to seven years aged, 100% pot still. The difference between uh, a pot still and a column still, or kind of like continuous still, is that a pot still goes one at a time. It's one batch at a time. A column still, continuous. You could just, well, keep on doing batches. That's the real difference uh, there. Five to seven years. Coming in at 90 proof is what this is. Uh, simple bottle. You know, a nice old school look. Kind of reminded me in, in, in the label of Kentucky Owl is the kind of look that I got uh, from it. The, the bourbon itself, it's not honey. It's not honey but it's not amber. It's not dark, but it's not light. It it, it's, it does have a, kind of a good viscosity sticking to the glass as we've got the Cairn glasses out kind of with the foot and then it bows out and it comes in. You really get your nose in there, really take a look around uh, at it. Um, the actual Berman itself from the visual does not have a distinct feature in the slightest, but the nose fingers, Malloy, you've got your nose right in there. You are schnoz deep into uh, the gentleman's cut from uh, Stephen Curry uh, from uh, his group there that he has created Boone County Distilling. What is that? That's a good question. What is that? There's there's That's something a, on the nose that it's not overwhelming. Is it smoky? Or am I getting cigar in there? Am I? Is that was I think I think you're right on the money. Yeah. There is there is definitely some smokiness there, A touch of oak that's that's hitting, and I mean, it, that's pronounced.
1: Yeah, and it's not something that, uh, you, you you know how you can get the kit, <laughs> right? You can you can, you, can, you, can you, you have your your cocktail with that that smoky flavor. It's not that, but yeah, that is. There's a richness to it, and that's that smoke and
0: it's it's an it's an attractive I, nose.
1: Tony, I can't put my finger on anything else on that. It's a, it, it, it's a nice nose. It's got that smoke, but I'm not
0: picking up much else. Yeah, there's not a big, there's no real vanilla hit. There's no real spice hit. There's no real caramel hit. It, it's it's not overly oaky. It's 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 very light because you're getting more of the smoke, a, a char, however you want to describe that. That's what's happening there. But I think fingers, the only thing left to do is drink. Fingers, in the law, are you ready for this?
1: Tony, I've been ready for this all NFL offseason.
0: We start doing the Kentucky Chew. We take it neat and then decide whether we're going to bring it to ice chips, a big rock or just add some water. The Kentucky Chew, you're moving it around the palate really getting a feel for it. Sometimes you take two sips. The first one to set the taste buds. The second one to kind of really understand where the flavors are. Fingers, what's going on with you?
1: That smokiness is still there. Uh, there's a, a bit of nuttiness. And the, a nice little sting on the tongue. No real uh, burn going down. It's enjoyable and odd.
0: Ah, the, the two things you absolutely want to hear. Interview. All right, I'm going in.
1: It's not overly sweet. Uh, maybe a, a hint of cinnamon. I, I'm interested to see what you think. This I'm is going really, in. i going me. in. Steph Curry. This is a gentleman's cut bourbon
0: uh, right there. I I believe it's gentleman's cut, gentleman's cut
1: bourbon.com is where you go. I'm going in, I'm going in. He's going in, ladies and gentlemen. He's doing what we like to call the Memphis munch, and he's continuing to Memphis and munch. See, I, 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 huh, same with you. It's a,
0: all right. First, you can actually feel the heat going down the throat. You can feel the heat in the chest. The tongue is definitely cinnamon. What, what it is, it's thin. It's weird. It's thin on, on the palate. It's thicker on the finish. As a weird combination. Because it goes down and you're like, where, where's the flavor? Where's the hit? Where's the punch? There's all that smoke and char on the nose. And you're not getting any of that. There is an oak that exists yeah, on the finish. That's that's like uh, on that exhale, like like it passes by the tongue and picks up the notes. It's actually pretty cool. Um, it, it is. It's 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 a it's a thin bourbon. It's, it does not fill uh, the, the 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 mouth or fill the cheeks when you're drinking it. And definitely adds some heat um, on on the finish. It kind of it kind of mellows itself into this nicer place. Um, it's. I think also in that finish, that char is still there. That is, that is an awkward flavor.
1: Yeah. I'm not off-putting. A,
0: a, a, a not, not traditional. Not not traditional. It's like trying to decide which way it wants to go. Yeah. If, if it could figure that out, it would be, it would be pretty fascinating. Um, I think this is actually screaming for a cube. This, compared to some of the other things we've done, this absolutely has to have a cube on it. It, I, I think I think either I think that spice has to calm down a, a little bit, and let's see if those sweet flavors—if if there's any caramel and vanilla in there—let's see if it if it pulls out. Here's
1: what's weird about that that spice: it hits you, and uh, of course it, it dissipates, but it stays there a long time. Just a, like a mild spice that just stays there, but it's not
0: full on the tongue. It's really the, more the back of the tongue. The middle and back of the tongue. It's not the front of the tongue. It's not the side. You're not feeling it in the cheek. Uh, this is uh, the Gentleman's Cut Bourbon. Gentlemanscutbourbon.com. Steph Curry, uh, one of the guys behind uh, this from the Golden State Warriors. Yeah, I, I, I want it to be fuller. I want it to be richer. And, and I and I think that the only answer I can give right now is this needs a cube but more than it needs oxygen.
1: <laughs> yeah, because yeah, you, you sit back and you think there's is there is there something more you know and it there just isn't and again it's it's not off-putting it's it's fine uh but just a it's just to me it's it's odd and maybe it it, it leaves you wanting something more the question is fingers
0: is it in your liquor cabinet at 79.99
1: a bottle i think it is something you should try at your local lounge Give it a go. That's $80 a bottle. I just I can't see $80 it.
0: $80 is a high price point, but I need to try it on a cube. Yeah, that's the true. The only way I'm going to know is if this thing goes on a cube and see if some of those other potential flavors, flavors that you kind of pick up a little bit in the nose, even though it's really a lot of that char, if some of those faint uh, caramels or sweetnesses, I should say, yeah. do they pull out with a cube or, or rocks or just some water? We'll find out soon enough. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke. Eat, drink, smoke, it is your cigar, bourbon, foodie, extravaganza. I'm Tony Katz. That is Fingers Malloy, Gentleman's Cut Bourbon. Steph Curry entering the bourbon world here. He could be been in the bourbon world for years, and I may not have uh, known it. 90 proof on this. At between five and seven years uh, aged. Mash bills, 75% corn, 21% rye. Four percent malted barley. You would think, you know, with a, with a corn content that high, fingers Malloy, we'd have more sweetness. And It's not that it isn't sweet; it is just a nondescript sweet. That nose is very smoky, very much a, a char, and that and that palate. There was there was a, a bit of of cinnamon spice uh, going on there on, on the tongue, and it just kind of it came out thin, and then it kind of filled up on that finish. You got some oak in the exhale. Uh, On the finish. But as I said, I think this thing needs a cube. Yeah. I think it needs it. So I've... Oh, we pay for the sound effects. I've got my cube here. I'm going in. Boom. There it is. I'm putting the Gentleman's Cut. Gentleman's Cut Kentucky Straight Bourbon. I'm putting that there on the big cube. My hope is it will calm down some of the cinnamon and bring out some of the the, the sweet. I'm hoping that if I can get oak on that exhale, maybe I can bring out some more oak and maybe a little bit of the vanilla or caramel that usually associates with that uh, with it. That's what I'm going for, Fingers. boy. you added a little bit of cool water to it.
1: That's what I do. Here I go, Fingers. He's going in, ladies and gentlemen. To my health. He is doing the Louisville lip. Ah. Oh, and a look of disappointment on his face.
0: Yeah. um, It oddly enough got a little citrusy, ah, like a little bit uh, tangerine. Okay. Um, Interesting. Um, It it did bring down the spice, so there's some there's some sipping that can happen here. Um, There's almost now on on the on the finish a bit of a bitter. Mm. Happening, and that's not necessarily the end of the world. I, I definitely know people who like that. Um, at eighty dollars a bottle, seventy nine ninety nine a bottle. This is not in my my liquor cabinet uh, because it 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 doesn't have for me the flavors that are that define me. It doesn't have uh, that oak. It doesn't have uh, that that fullness uh, going on. I think I think on a cube, it's better. I, I was right about that. It's mm-hmm. better on a cube. You're doing a little bit of cool water fingers, my boy. Going in. What are you doing right there? He takes a sip. He, he is doing in honor of uh, you know it's it's it, for us. It's opening weekend of the NFL as we record. It is the 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 first game. His Detroit Lions against the Kansas City uh, Chiefs. So he's doing the Saginaw
1: Swish in That's honor it. of his Michigan roots. Right there, Saginaw, Uh It brought out the cinnamon. And It brought out the cinnamon. Yeah, it brought out the cinnamon and uh, a little bit more of that sting on the tongue. But I didn't. As far as the warmth goes in the chest, I didn't have any of that because, because you're dead inside. I'm dead inside. Uh, but for me, it brought up a little bit more of the cinnamon and it's more drinkable for me. Um, yeah. I, I, oh, on the cube, this you can sip this.
0: On yep. the cube, it can be sipped. And again, that that finish, it it, it there the, it it, be, it engages a little bit of pleasantness. There's just uh, for eighty bucks. I can't. I just can't feel like
1: if you if you see this at your favorite lounge, uh, give it a try and let us know what you think over at eTrinkSmokeShow.com. com. You know, we always try to encourage people to try new things. Uh, and if it's if it's at your lounge, give it a go. See what you think. See if you agree with us. Uh, maybe you think we're crazy after you try it. But I at eighty dollars for a bottle. I, I just don't see it at that price point. Neither do
0: I. Neither do, neither do I, but I can see people uh, giving it a go, for sure. It's time, Fingers Malloy, for News of the Week.
1: Well, Tony, singer Jimmy Buffett, who died Friday at the age of 76, uh, he lost his battle with skin cancer. Uh, actually, for four years he battled it, and it was a rare form of skin cancer called Merkel cell cancer. And apparently, uh, you know, it's, it, it is so rare... About three thousand people every year are diagnosed with it in the United States. Wow! So that was the cause of death.
0: Did I hear it right? He didn't tell people.
1: It doesn't sound like it. I mean, you could, if you were a fan of his, you know, the the last few public appearances, he did look pretty frail.
0: Oh, is that right? Yeah.
1: Uh, I was, uh, you know, it's funny. I I was a big Tom Petty fan. I'm a big Tom Petty fan, and I took him for granted. Uh, you know, it felt like he was touring every year, and I thought, oh, I'd go see him next year. I've probably seen about uh, at least eight Jimmy Buffett concerts, probably Is that right? more. Yeah, it was my first concert. Jimmy Buffett and the Coral Reefer Band in uh, the early 90s. Just a, a great show, a lot of fun. And I had an odd story. I, I'd actually forgotten about it until I heard of his passing. I held on to a ticket, Tony, a concert ticket I had of his. He was scheduled to. Uh, perform at uh, it was called Verizon Wireless Music Center back then. Of course, Deer Creek for people uh, in Central Indiana, you know, who have lived here for a long time, I will always call it Deer Creek. He was scheduled to perform on September eleventh, two thousand and one. And I had the ticket, and I and I held on to it. Uh, just just an odd time, you know, with everything obviously that that happened, and of course they rescheduled the show and. And it was an odd show, you know. They rescheduled, I believe, two weeks later, because people didn't. we were still in a state of shock, right? You know, you didn't know what was going to happen with with the world, and of course, we're coming up on the anniversary of September 11th, uh, and uh, it just made me think of, of, of that ticket and, and that and that time, and uh, but it made people feel a little bit better when everybody got together and was able to uh, enjoy one of his concerts because it was a it was a it was a two hour party, and so you know a lot of sad people. Uh, today, knowing that he's no longer going to be performing.
0: I, I never had anything against Buffett. I certainly listened to some songs. It was just never my never my thing. I've never been to a Buffett show. I, but that, that's true with me in a lot of concerts. Like I've never seen Bruce Springsteen in concert. Mm. You know? Um, I miss Tom Petty, too. I miss Stevie Ray Vaughan. Oh. And, uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan haunts me. Yeah. Uh, I will admit that. Um, just, I don't know what it is. I like the music. If it wasn't for all the people. Yeah. Then I would totally go to concerts. I
1: I I got roped into uh, seeing Pearl Jam. And I you know, I was a big Pearl Jam fan, Gen Xer, uh, loved Pearl Jam. And you know, twenty eight thousand people could be all around me watching Pearl Jam. And it's just like, oh. Don't you people have jobs <laughs> or homes? <laughs> Don't you know that I have a personal
0: connection with the band? But as, as Eddie you, and I are tight in right, the mind,
1: right? But as uh, you know, we all age. Do you have any acts on your bucket list? If you were going to say to yourself, "Okay, I'll deal with the crowd," to see someone um, perform, Bill,
0: Billy Joel was a bucket list. Did that actually at the Hollywood Bowl before I left? Before I moved out of California, what
1: is it like to see a concert at the Hollywood, Hollywood Bowl? Is a
0: great spot. Yeah, Hollywood Bowl is a nice, nice. Actually, kind of intimate venue for twenty thousand people, or whatever it is, could be more. Uh, really, really good time. Saw Elton John here in
1: Indianapolis. That was bucket list. His farewell Yellow Brick Road tour. That was like four years long, wasn't it? Uh, it, it may happen next week too. <laughs> and that's too. fine when know. you're when you're Elton John. That's fine. I did see
0: you two at Lucas Oil Stadium. Uh, I saw Garth Brooks. Uh, now, from what I'm told, Brooks back in the day. Those shows were, cr- were criminally insane. Mm-hmm. He's an incredible performer as, as people. He's older now. Uh, it happens. You know, you're not going to hang from the rafters anymore. Well, you saw so, him as Chris Gaines, right? Yeah. Oh, please. Who didn't see the Chris Gaines days? <laughs> um, but it, it's, it's like live music. I, I want to sit and enjoy it. I, it's, it's the people, man. I'm not anti-person. I'm just anti-person
1: sweating on me. I think that's the way it is. I've gotten to the point where I enjoy seeing tribute bands more than the actual band. You know, in my area, there's a park that will they'll have bands that'll show up, and you get the space of being in the park, and everyone's you know ten feet away from you. you sit back in the lawn. It's usually free. I saw I saw a Tom Petty uh, tribute band last year, a Prince tribute band, and Guns N' Roses. And I enjoyed that more than uh, you know some concerts that I paid for Because of the when, space <laughs> When
0: I say I don't like concerts It's just me not wanting to be around other people When you talk about tribute bands You sound like the oldest man who ever lived
1: What? What's wrong with a tribute
0: band? Nothing is wrong with a tribute band I'm just saying how it sounds This is Eat, Drink, Smoke Fingers, Malloy, I don't mean to scare you I don't mean to throw you into a panic. I don't mean to throw Eat, Drink, Smoke Nation into a
1: panic, but I have two words for you. What's that? Doom Loop. I saw Doom Loop open up for Metallica in 98. It was a fantastic I kn- show. I knew that was
0: coming. It's Eat, Drink, Smoke. I'm Tony Katz. That right there is Fingers Malloy. I had promised I want to talk a little bit of, of, of economics because... Uh, the, these things that we've been dealing with, this inflation, these price increases, uh, the, the um, inventory issues, this is not going away. And even the markets have started to understand that when the Federal Reserve is talking, they're talking in a bit of gobbledygook. Mm. Um, and, and I actually have exclusive audio of the Federal Reserve trying to calm everybody's nerves about interest rates while stating that they might be raising interest rates. And it goes something like this. That's what it sounds like right there
1: I can't wait for the transcript of Eat, Drink, Smoke this week
0: So the doom loop refers to the real estate market And by the way, the Boston, the president of the Boston Fed Basically
1: said, look, we think everything's fine But everything could not be fine tomorrow Basically is what she said By the way, my uh, instincts were, were absolutely spot on When you said doom loop, I said to myself This probably has something to do with real estate So
0: We have discussed what's happening in the auto industry. Yeah. That you have a record number of declines of auto applications for used vehicles. Banks are not giving loans on used cars, which means that the car dealers are not selling used cars. Right? And if they're not selling used cars, they're not taking in as much inventory of used cars, so there aren't as many used cars out there, and you create Oh, so this is the used car doom loop. This is the used car doom Uh loop. And then you have the banks basically being told by Janet Yellen, the Treasury Secretary, um, that maybe you shouldn't lend so much. Oh, jeez. And that has led to banks not lending as much because the bank doesn't think now that you could pay the loan back. So there have been used car dealers that have not been able to get investment from the banks to be able to buy the used cars. So not only are the people not getting approved for loans, I mean, it's like a 15% uh, negative rate or no rate, uh, and it's the highest ever. Um, Now the companies that buy the used cars aren't able to get the money from the banks to buy the used cars because they don't think there's a market for the used cars.
1: So you're not talking about people with like 560 FICO scores. You're talking about people with decent credit not being able to... Finance a used car. They're not financing the used cars, and then they're not turning to their credit cards because the credit
0: cards are maxed out. Credit card debt in the United States is over one trillion dollars. What they're starting to see, and this is a story about, it's at the Wall Street Journal about Bank of the Ozarks. And this is not an attack on Bank of the Ozarks, not not at all. What they're starting to see is that the money is not there in the in the markets to lend on buying properties. So the property values start going down and the property becomes less and less valuable and people start losing money on the property. So less and less people lend on properties so the property values go down and less and less people
1: lend on properties. Doom loop. Dude. And the problem is, how do you get out of the doom loop?
0: Well, it starts with uh, a, a, a bringing this economy, this, this 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 inflation under control, that's not happening. Be- and and you got to love the way you are are an observer. You, you, if people don't know, fingers and I both do political radio, and, and we we engage in this world. We do the, these kinds of interviews all the time. Axios wrote it this way: that the deficit unexpectedly doubled. unexpectedly (laughs) unexpectedly i think we were all shocked shocked i say (laughs) to find out gambling is going on in this establishment so instead of a one trillion dollar deficit we have a two trillion dollar deficit a two trillion dollar deficit now deficit is different than debt deficit is each year how much you have spent more than you've taken in the accumulation of that is the debt that's what it adds on to. So year by year, it's the deficit. The totality of the years is, is the debt. That means we're still spending. That means we're still spending money that we aren't bringing in. There still aren't the goods on the shelf. You still have unemployment went up. You're still having other issues uh, with, with labor. Sorry, I told you I would get into the economy. This doom loop thing is just one of many many pieces of oh, we're not done here.
1: Yeah, and then, you know, you're starting to see the the new car market soften a little bit to where car companies are starting to offer incentives and we're getting back to the the the, the 0% financing phase. And if you're getting into an economy that's slowing down and people are borrowing $50,000, $60,000 on a vehicle and then they end up having to have their car repossessed. This, um, this whole thing could turn... Let well, me it's put already it, turning ugly. Let me
0: take it to, to real estate. Zillow had announced that they're offering loans 1% down for homes. What? 1% down. Now, you and I lived through the downturn of 2008, 2009, 2010. People took interest-only loans and all sorts of things. And what happened to housing? Now, some places in the Midwest never really had the prices go up so crazy. They never had the insanity. But places like
1: Florida got devastated, well, bef- ruined. Before the, the real estate bust, there were people that were borrowing 103% of the home value because they were borrowing their down payment. Yeah, and I thought that that was something, you know, after everything that happened uh, with the Great Recession, I thought that that was something that was a thing of the past. And you know, that's that's obviously worse. But one percent down, I I I hadn't heard of that in a long time.
0: They're trying to incentivize the home buying because the rents are up. Uh, the, the 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 home prices have not come down. they maybe in, in a trickle, but not in a serious way. Uh, and and. The, the 7% mortgage rates, look, I, I told you, I looked at a house, mm-hmm. uh, fantastic, fantastic, mid-century modern style, I love that stuff, my wife loves that stuff, and we're like, we can do this, and then we looked at what the mortgage would be at 7.2, uh, right, and we're like, yeah, we're not doing this. There's no house that's going to make us feel as comfortable as the ease in which we write our mortgage now. Yeah. There's just no way to do it. Oh, we won't have the space. Oh, we won't have this amenity. Who cares? Roof, fireplace, deck. We're done. Thank you very much.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, I, I refinanced my house a few years ago. I, I think it's like 3%.
0: Yeah. I, oh, I, you and I did it around the same time. Yeah. Um. We we are mortgage wise sitting pretty in that regard. Yeah. Right. I I, I re, when I refinanced, two point nine,
1: wow, two
0: point yeah. nine. And so I can't I can't complain about anything for me, and it makes it even more difficult to think I'm going to go somewhere else because so much of what I'm paying down is actually principal of the
1: house. Yeah. And of course that also obviously has an impact on inventory when you've got a lot of people. That are just sitting on their hands right now saying, well, I, why would I go and get a mortgage right now for another home at over 7% when I've got a home that I am I can live with that's in th- and the what's threes? U- what's unique, at least in certain parts of the country,
0: is that the inventory is very, very slight, all right? But some people still need a house, so they're paying it. And that's why you haven't seen the prices come down in any big jumps. I don't know how long that can last. Yeah. But I can't imagine it as long. So- um, what I love, Fingers, is when we can bring a good bit of news, happy go lucky times, and
1: talk to Eat, Drink, Smoke Nation. 20 seconds, uh, a feel good story for the pumpkin spice people. Wendy's has announced that the first time ever are going to have the pumpkin spice frosty.
0: Not going to lie, going to order three.
1: Not vanilla. Gonna. I'm going to order
0: three, vanilla, or chocolate. Yeah, but, I was uh, gonna that's, that's, Not going to lie, it.
1: it makes me sad inside.
0: Pumpkin spice frosty. That's fine. It's not real ice cream either. Are you shocked?
1: That's fine. This is fine. It's fine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Gentleman's Cut Bourbon, Steph Curry's uh, bourbon. Uh, that's what we were drinking. Check it out. The Red Meat Lovers uh, cigar there from uh, Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust. And the Mi Querida, Mi Querida. I said it right. Yes. Again, from Dunbarton Tobacco. These are cigars that should be in your humidor. Find everything at
1: EatDrinksmokeshow.com. It's Eat Drink Smoke. Follow EatDrinkSmoke Drink Smoke on social media, on Twitter at Go Eat Drink Smoke, On Facebook, Facebook.com slash And Instagram at Eat Drink Smoke Podcast.